Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, I want to welcome a new friend to the show. He's our man for the month, Kevin A. Walton. Kevin A. Walton is a spiritual leader, transformation specialist, and activational speaker who has led thousands of students and initiates around the globe on a powerful journey of access into the greater depth and capacity of self, creation, and authentic expression. Kevin is the founder of Light Beings Ministry and Community, a central leader and pillar facilitator in the Sacred Sons Men's Organization and Movement, a co-founder of Unified We Stand, and a co-owner of Level Up Film Studio. And Kevin is an actor and writer known recently for his work on Under the Stadium Lights and Tyler Perry's Sisters. Also, welcome back, the lady. Ooh, ladies first, ladies first. Lady Carol Kosciuszko. The lady is a fierce advocate for social change, a vibrant businesswoman, style icon, customer, clother, former model, internationally trained makeup artist, and mother of two. She's the founder and director of Inner Makeup Enterprises and is known to many as the empowering facilitator for her signature, the return of the Lady Tea Party Seminars. Additionally, and important for this episode, the Lady is the creator and facilitator of the Return of the Gentleman, a global mental wellness symposium where men of all identities and socioeconomic groups can speak openly and honestly about issues that affect them. The Return of the Gentleman aim is subverting toxic masculinity by aligning with your inner gentle spirit. We recorded this during September, which is Suicide Prevention Month, which is a very important issue. No matter what month we're in, make sure you check in. Check in with your friends. Tomorrow, I am headlining the Soul Joel's Comedy Club in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, inside Sunnybrook. That's a 7 p.m. show. If you know someone in Pennsylvania, tell them to come. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast. And Twitter is Friends Like Us 10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation. Just go to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash Friends Like Us. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you we keep going. And now for our golden friends, you have the option to watch our recordings live backstage. Go to Patreon backslash Friends Like Us and be golden. Merch is available. We have t-shirts. Hoodies, it's hoodie season, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. They're all available. Go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Saturdays on my YouTube channel, I go live with my friend Evelyn Frick and that wacky Dave Jeskow. We give updates to the show, we shout out fans who leave reviews, and we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes we offer free stuff, like tickets to comedy shows. With friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone. Because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Be nice. And Black Lives Matter. Here for you. (laughs) I've got Kevin Walton. 
He's a new friend. He's our guy for the month. And he's a good man. And we also have Lady. Ooh, ooh, Lady. She's beautiful. She's empowering. She's a wonderful. She has a wardrobe that you should see. And she helps men out. Something that we'll talk about soon. Men. Yeah. I want to welcome both of you so much to Friends Like Us. This is going to be a wonderful conversation that I cannot wait to just jump right in. First of all, lady, welcome back. You were on our show before. It's your birthday week. We will not ask. We will not ask. Even though I say my age on stage now and I and I I say it and the audience, I love this reaction. They always go, oh, and I go, thank you. 100%. Thank you. I get the same, honey. I, I actually practiced it <laughs> the other day when I was at my birthday celebration. I was at Lips on 56th Street um, in the city. And so they asked me, I said, I'm just going to trip these people out. And so they asked me, you know, you know, if you can tell you really the age you want to be or your age you think you are. So I said the 21, and then I actually said the real thing. And so my sister was my cheerleader. She was like, yay, yay, she finally said it. So if you, if you miss that, then you never will know. <laughs> I just don't tell that. My mom, until she was like 85 years old, uh, she didn't start telling her age because she said, that not unless you're paying for her, you know, you're covering some bills for her or something like that, then she didn't need to tell you. But she was always that mystifying, magical lady. <laughs> You know, oh, I, I plan on being I plan on being the same, you know, it's too much wrapped up into age and it matters nothing. It's it changing, down, though. You know? Let me I was tell like you. This at, yeah, it is changing. I was like this as a kid, though. I was like this, and except when I was 10. When I was 10, it was a big deal to be 10. But as far as like anything else, I was always that way. I wanted to be older, you know, then. Now I'm now I'm like, OK, let's don't go older. Let's <laughs> go the other way. But anywho. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you, Marina, again. I love it. I can always I can always tap into exactly what'll get lady talking. She's like, but anyway, I'm happy to be here. Hey. Anyhow. Yes. Yeah, let, let's cut that. And before you even jumped on and you're in South Florida, mm-hmm. I was telling you that I'm a comedian. You know some comedian friends. And I'm also, I'm just excited to have you as our man for the month because we have a man like, Yay. Once a month, every month, we call it our as a as a joke. We call it our cycle. We're it's our, cycle. It's our month. Though. I love it. Honored to be a part of the cycle this month. It's an honor. Yes, it's a sacred thing. Yes. It's a sacred thing. I appreciate it. And quick bios for both of you. I know Kevin, you are the founder of the Light Being Ministry and Community, mm-hmm. a central leader and pillar facilitator in the Sacred Sons Men's Organization and Movement co-founder of Unified We Stand and co-owner of Level Up Film Studio. And also for the lady, well, I cannot forget. I've been trying to get a shorter version, but I will say she is a fierce advocate for social change, which she is. She is vibrant. I don't know if yes. you can hear it already. <laughs> Style icon, customer clother, former model, internationally trained makeup artist, and mother yeah. of two. And I've met your daughter. She's been on the show before, and she is the founder and director of Inner Makeup Enterprise. More importantly, today, we're going to be talking about the return of the gentleman, which she is yes, yeah. the organizer or the, the head of or part of. Facilitator. 
facility. I'm the head, you know, I would say the word, but I can't say that on here. So. <laughs> but no, I'm actually, uh, I created it, you know, it came to me as a dream, but um, it actually, I'm the facilitator and I'm premiering, it's re-premiering actually. I, I launched it 10 years ago and it was called The Return of the Gentleman. Now it's called The Return of the Gentleman 10 years later. So you catch, you caught yes. that, right? Yes. I love it. <laughs> okay. Now, how did you and Kevin both, like, how did you come together and collaborate? You want to take this? You want to take this one? You want me to? Ah, he has his story. <laughs> I have mine. Um, no, I'll let you do it. You so do we, it. I know, right? So we connected in, in Atlanta at a beautiful space called the Healing Environment, uh, where they had the uh, market. And I also facilitate a, an event in the healing environment activation circle and uh lady had a, we connected and she had mentioned a few people were expressing to her about us connecting and then we just dropped into a really beautiful conversation it was like like we had been connected forever and just sharing and talking about different things the gifts that she's tapping into the journey that she's been on things that i was sharing because i spoke at the market i did a um a little speaking talk about creatorhood the practice and life path that i have and developed and um and just different facets of us and, and existence and what it means to tap into this this greater capacity of self. And so we just dropped in this really beautiful conversation about that. And, and after that, we're just very much connected. And when it came to this event, she expressed just her devotion and dedication to wanting to see men grow and mature in healthy ways and really um, step into a greater uh, and healthier role in life. And because she also knew that I do work with men and also men and women, but also the fact that I have that focus towards men as well, uh, lend itself to her to ask if I want to be involved in this beautiful movement and what she had done before, but this reignition of it. And so we just started to talk about that and, and it uh, kind of brought us together to explore how we can contribute our gifts together and, and contribution to society and our species. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You did a great job. Yes. I don't think there's anything I need to add, except for except he made me cry. That's it. That was it. He probably he left out that part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did? He left yeah. that part out because, yeah, Indeed. we were speaking about my mother and somehow another, you know, my mother was diagnosed mm -hmm. with cancer since the last time I've, I've seen you, Marina. Oh, um, it's, a, it's a tough space. I'm a mother's girl. And so it's a tough space for me right now. But the good news is mommy's holding her own. Um, she's a comeback kid. And mm -hmm. so I was sharing that with Kevin and then he gives the best hugs. He left that out too. He gives the best hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was I like, can you do that again? <laughs> Maybe the crying was because I need him to hug me again. <laughs> but um, everything you said is true. Everything you said is exactly the truth. So I'm actually happy and thrilled with what you said, Kevin. So I don't need to add anything <laughs> except that. that. <laughs> the universe does bring people together sometimes. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I was thinking about this before um, as I was looking over everything, like sp specifically the sacred sons, um, mm -hmm. because I just recently was in the Hamptons, not to brag. I don't have a home there. I was just doing work. But there was a, uh, they have an event um, the Shinnecock mm -hmm. tribe, indig indigenous. And my friend and I, she begged me the day after to just like have one day off from the work. And we went 
And we both had this spiritual moment that we yes. didn't know we needed. Yeah. So when I look over everything that you're doing, I I can see that you probably bring a lot of people, like you attract a lot of people's energy, Kevin. I'm not sure. Am I right about that? Like, do you just sometimes like end up in spaces and people are like, I didn't know I needed 100%. this and here you are? Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. There's there's something to it in the nature of how the universe works and how existence works, where for wherever we are in the journey of our lives, right, this energy kind of emits and ripples out and there's this natural kind of gravitation for people to meet each other, whether it's for that moment to just share insight or for something that can, can be built and come of it. Um, because one of the things I state all the time in practice and when I speak and guide is that we really all are in this together and each has a part to play and however we can show up for each other and have those moments there there's something divinely connected about it in a way the universe orchestrates that um that i experience constantly and and is uh it's just a beautiful thing and and that's something also that lady and i were talking about when we connected um because with the gifts she has and what she's being called to step more into she also ends up doing that in spaces right for others and it's something that whenever you're you walk in life as a light or a guiding space for others, it's important to know how to receive that and contribute it effectively. Because sometimes you, you'll feel something come alive in you and with next to somebody and you'll, you'll feel this calling to share it and you don't know how they're going to take it, right? But you just share it and, it and then it ends up being this, oh, thank you for sharing that. You know, it's, it's a powerful thing. It's a really powerful thing. Totally. So, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had shared that on, uh, on one of the episodes how the woman had recognized me from comedy uh she was indigenous i was shocked mm -hmm. she was like i know you she goes you're a comedian you're very funny <laughs> i was like what and then she mentioned byron <laughs> allen which i hadn't done that show in over 10 or something years so i knew she was legitimate because i was like if you're mentioning byron allen that was like, I don't know how many years ago, then you do know who I am. Cause that's like one of those shows where unless, but she just knew right away. It was the way she connected. And it was just what she said. You may have needed to hear this today. Maybe that's why you're here. She goes, cause you're good. And I don't know what it is that brought you here, but you probably needed to hear it. So it was like nice. mind blowing. And then my friend was over on the other side getting her spiritual moment. She was like, telling me how it was just like, it blew her mind how she just, sometimes you just need it. Like this conversation I think is so needed because this is Suicide Prevention Month. September yes. is Suicide Prevention yes, Month. Yes, I'm right, you are. Right? Yes, yes. So it's definitely needed specifically for men. Oh, we see uh, high rates of suicides. And and in the, one of the articles I was noticing, it's going up because of the accessibility to guns. Mm -hmm. And so I, I want to ask you first, lady, the return of the gentleman. What inspired you to start that? And, and what, how did you come up with that name? And how, why is this important for you? The lady had her position. The man had his. Uh, my dad was a socialite. Um, everything was about him being a gentleman and how he showed up. And um, in my family, a tuxedo is a big deal. <laughs> um, for It's for purposes for you, actually, to use it socially, but it's also for when you pass on in our family, the men are buried in, a, in their tuxedo. So I had that um, privilege of 
actually picking up my dad's tuxedo before he passed on and actually took it to the um to the funeral home in order for them to place it on him. And I just took such great care of my father's um tuxedo because I knew how much honor it had it bought would bring to the family um for him to be and you know his last moments were spent there with that. So for me, uh Return of the Gentleman has always been something that I always thought that men have issues that are going on that they always show up they want to show up in certain particular ways but sometimes you know it's it's difficult because we're not attracted to what's on the inside so I'm always about in both of my platforms about the inside and so uh return of the gentleman also was the men that I grew up seeing as I was a young girl and how they honored themselves how they took care of themselves and so like for instance I own my grandfather's top hat from the 1920s and so I am honored that's all I have for my grandfather I don't I didn't know him so I have his top hat right and so um with this whole this whole um um being of the return of the gentleman I had wanted someone else to facilitate it first and that was my uh, former husband and so due to some issues that he has had in his life um I don't think he felt he could show up in the position that could actually be the best for um exemplifying what this platform may, means. So pretty much what ended up happening was he decided not to do it and so that was a little heartbreaking for me. And so then I had a little talk with the creator and the creator said, "Well, you know, you're going to do it." And I'm like, "How am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to talk to men about this?" Now, for me, I have a lot of male friends. So males talk to me a lot about things. Like I hear so many things I'm like, "Okay, I don't know that I need to hear that <laughs> as well." So, and these all coming from great guys that actually just want want to be heard. And so, um with Return of the Gentleman, I said, "Okay, let's put these together and let's actually come up with some type of a of initiative that can get men to talking." And so, when I first created it 10 years ago, it was called Shh, The Men Are Talking because growing up, your mother would always say, "Did you not hear your dad talking? You know, your dad is talking or your grandfather's talking." And so I just wanted to get it to a place where men could have their time as far as like we are quiet and and um and they talk. And so for me this is where we are now speaking up 10 years later is that the platform then was about interpersonal violence and how it affects men. Now because of the numbers that we're we're seeing um with mental health issues in particular suicide and depression being the number 3 killer of men in our country That's that's a lot Marina. You know, that's actually alarming. Not to mention um 75% of people who take their own lives are men. So, I don't know about anyone else, but I love my men there in my life. You know, all my male friends, my I have a son. You know, I have a nephew who right now is going through some experiencing experiencing uh mental health issues. So, this platform is for all the people I've ever loved that actually have suffered inwardly and never ever spoke about it. and it's also for the people who have passed on that are friends of mine who actually and family members who suffered and actually did not get help. Hopefully that answers your question. I know it was a long journey path here <laughs> to get to that. It does yeah. answer my question. It's 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 very um deep for me too because I just recent like my sister was telling me that my father suffered from depression and you know he's passed yeah. and I never even knew that. I never saw it. He never talked about it. It was probably in the form of mm-hmm. alcohol yeah. abuse, right? Mm-hmm. But no one ever talks in in my family about depression in men. Uh and 
like I said, on this podcast, it's mostly women-focused, but I think you need to have a conversation about men as well in order to have a conversation with yeah, women. absolutely. Right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. important. So I, I would ask you, Kevin, what inspired you to become a spiritual leader? And you know what's interesting about you, Kevin? You're, as I looked at everything about you, uh, some of things I saw you speaking, but mostly I was just looking at all your images. Your personality just engaging with you is it so is. delightful. Just like <laughs> it's so, it's it also because all of your images, I, I thought the voice was going to come out like, not, not that it wasn't delightful. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that I thought you were like a leader. When you see leader, you go, it's going to be like, but you have such a, like uh, a kind and, and good spirit. And it's just coming across even in a virtual way. So what inspired you? What, what made um, you? Yeah, I appreciate that expression. The, the main thing that, inspired me it, it kind of came through like on the journey for me I was tapping into things I didn't know what to make of right and as I was younger and uh, as I got older and started to experiment with it uh, just my life started changing the way I started seeing things happen the way I started to understand the ways of the world and it and the more I experimented with it the more things would change and as that would happen people would look at me and go like what are you doing because they're seeing changes in my life and things that were happening. And I've always had this passion to want to see the world evolve greater. And it wasn't always from an aligned place. Like I, I did have that revolutionary mentality for a long time in that like, we must smash the systems that are oppressive and da 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 all, and all the add to the conflict kind of energy instead of how do you meet it in a, in a far more aligned um, way. And I had to mature from that in that space. And as I was exploring these, this access, as my world started to change, people just started asking me what was happening. I just started sharing, right? I never had an issue sharing with people, these, this guidance, insights. They'd ask me questions, I'd give them answers. And that kind of led me to becoming kind of a guide and a counselor and advisor to people. And then the more I would do that, the more access I was gaining into, and after a couple of experiences, to more of these insights that just felt way bigger than me. And they just had to come out. And I then started to formulate a group where I just, one night after a dream that kind of was the rest of the catalyst prior to that people would ask me um or speak to me after i would share with them man i love talking to you about this stuff my friends think i'm crazy my family thinks i'm crazy i feel like i have no one i can talk to and so being able to give people a, a space to share their struggles and things that would in, in every sense emotionally multi-dimensionally consciousness wise relational wise whatever it was there was a space that they could explore without judgment and that led me to want to create a space where many people could come together to explore that and also know they're not alone. And that's what led to me starting the Light Beings. It started off as a phrase for an event that was the Gathering of Light Beings. And we were, I would say we'd meet once a month. I woke up, emailed everyone I knew, like 300 people, hey, starting this event, come through, I'll share insights, we'll meditate, we'll tap into some things, right? And I just put it out there. And about 30 some people showed up for the first one and we just, it just started kind of this, path and through doing that uh the importance of under having some kind of structural um dedication and practical application was clearly becoming evident and so people would ask me questions and what i started to understand was the importance of having structure and practical application and that's what led me to formulating 
what is now called creatorhood. It was how do I take these concepts I'm sharing and I'm guiding people on that are like massive and multidimensional and, and can touch on so many facets and be able to offer it in a way that people can practically apply it every day. And that then grew uh, and became like the origin of this building the light beings as a community, as a ministry and having creatorhood as this operating system and spiritual practice and life path because it touches on so many facets. And so then in that, everything started to come out of what to touch on what was happening in the world and what people could use more guidance on whether it is spiritually whether it is relationally whether it is health wise and masculine and feminine and um reality creation and just how energy works and all of these these facets i touch on the practice and definitely around emotions and and mind and consciousness and then i started to also do direct conversations and engagements with women's circles and men's circles and then start forming our own ability to, to do that in integration circles. And then I used to do these things called vulnerability circles. So it was like this natural calling because I didn't see myself doing this, right? This, I had ideas about my life and whether it was playing football or doing music and, and this, but all the while this was something in me that kept coming through. So even when I used to rap, I'll hear like old tracks of mine and I'll hear like lines I teach in some of the bars and the refs from like dec over a decade ago, right? And I'm like, that's wild that this was stuff that was just kind of pouring out. And so it was a very organic evolution. And then it just kept building. And the more that I did work with people either on an individual basis and private clients or consulting, the more people would refer me to things that just kept growing and, and then start working with kids to be able to start offering this in that space. And now we're on the verge of creating some really cool kids programs with it. It's just all of this kind of was an organic evolution that built from me being willing to act, tap further to this thing I was accessing and the willingness to share it regardless of how people received it. Because initially everyone thought I was nuts. Like I would share certain things like this in college and they were like, that's, that's dope, he's just crazy, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then years later now, it's something that people are starting to have their own experiences with that it's landing more. And so it was this really organic thing um, that came to be, and it was, but it was my life. Like, I, I love it. I love, it's, it's what gets me out of bed. The idea mm -hmm. of being able to support the world evolving and support yes. people living into the greater capacity themselves, it moves me in, in every breath. And so it, it quickly dominated my life. So even when I'm acting, right, I'll be on set and we'll be having conversations on the side. People will come to my dressing room and ask for guidance on something. We'll be like touching base and, and, and we'll, and we'll even joke about it on certain spaces, but it's a really cool, experience because this is the centerpiece of me. It's what I live for, right? Just to support humanity evolving and, and knowing the truth of themselves. And then everything else I do is just an addition. So I love the craft of acting. I love it with all my heart. And I had a lot of breakthroughs through acting that I also add to my practice because there's such great tools, right? And things we can use. Um, and so I love the artistry of life and everything to me becomes a support to keep getting this message and this work out there. So that's, it's just, it's everything about what sings to my heart. And, uh, and I appreciate you expressing, right? What you expressed about what you witnessed, like on the, on the platform, <laughs> because that energy is what I, I will turn on when it comes time to like land and, 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 and touch base on, but that ability to be engaging and to do it from this heart space it's it's that love that brings through so i just appreciate your your witness of that and your ability to pick up on that because that that dynamism to me is how we can reach everyone that there's times to get assertive and aggressive with it there's times to just be soft and receptive and even with what lady talks about this idea of the return of the gentleman it's it's the ability of being able to step into a the fullness as a man or as a human being that we know how to 
do what's necessary for what the situation calls and always from that loving space connected to the heart. And to me, that's what you were picking up on is that connection to the heart. So I just appreciate your, like your intuitiveness <laughs> and witness of that and sharing that on the platform too. Well, it comes so. through the screen. It really does. I mean, Absolutely. I applaud it because, it, yeah. and oh, like as a comedian, I'm around <laughs> men <laughs> who are, Male toxicity is a word that's just flying like crazy, right? Yeah, it like is. Crazy. Yeah. And I, you know, Overdone I was one of the comedians who comes from, and I didn't share this with you, but I come from an acting background. Legit. Yeah. So my acting background is one of always entering spaces with open openness, right? 100%. Uh, what I didn't know was uh not to do that in the comedy scene in 1997. Mm. <laughs> that was not the time to enter space mm. completely open in the comedy scene because there was a lot of toxicity. Okay. Uh, but I had that openness with people, and I was just always, like, very uh, coming from the acting studio of being in rooms with other actors who were so open and and willing to share emotions mm -hmm. men and women and because you have to you have to create a safe space yeah. and everything yes. that you talk about is the way you started your um path mm -hmm. being organic is in the same way that i started this podcast it was very organic to me it was a it was a need it was not just to create like followers or numbers or what. it was just a need to reach out to women who needed it people individuals i have men who listen to the podcast who watch who come on every now and then who say they learn so much from the podcast but it was really like like you said it just kind of evolves over time authentically not from anything else so i really appreciate like what you're doing and i do have to say this because i know people are listening and they're going is this is this a cult? Is this Scientology? <laughs> uh, what is he talking? What is, you know, because when you look, I was telling, like, my friend was like, I was showing her the sacred suns. I was showing her the the light. Wait, let me get the names. Right. Light beings. Wait, yeah. you can say it. Light, light beings, light beings yeah. sacred sun, and source radiance. And she was like, what is this Scientology? What are you talking about? The men hugging each other. Can you speak that. to that? Like, Because sure. you don't come across in any way or form as in this is something you have to do you're not 100%. sell you don't have that energy so like that is why i'm also i want to just take care of you in that way and ask you to that. present to people who are listening this is not scientology it is not <laughs> it is not um and i and i appreciate that because we because i get that question a lot right in every facet whether it's the light being second sons right just be doing doing it's a fascinating thing. I also understand why the question's there because, right, there's a lot of echoes from history and things that we've experienced in, in society, obviously, and there's a lot of fears around these things because cults are a thing, right? It happens, it's out there and, and we experience it. But the notion of it, it's just anything that gives a semblance to what could per be perceived that way. This is no nothing like a cult. The biggest thing this is is about a space created that is, that is open for everyone to come, right? And if you come, it's the willingness to be able to be met in whatever way supports you best. And when we do that, what we come to understand, and the same way when I started the Light Beings was understanding that in order to really 
reach someone, connect with someone, and get the most out of them or get them to meet themselves authentically, you have to be able to create a space that can hold that. And so when people look at the video footage or the certain things, they're looking at the containers we've created to experience these things, but they're not divisive containers. They're not exclusive like, um, like if you come in with this stuff that you can no longer talk to your family or do this and you have to do da 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 da, right? Which is a, a clear signs of a cult, right? And, yes. and so for us, it's like, it's like no, go home to your families. The whole reason that we're doing this, right, is like, is about what the idea of this and the same thing with the light beings is, is how to build community and build culture in a way that gets people living in the best themselves to show up greater in everything they're a part of outside of it. And so these just become centralized containers for that dedication. And there is obviously like guidelines and parameters we ask of in it because you want to create the parameters that people have a reference point to maneuver. Uh, but just like with creatorhood, I always, I, I'm, I'm so adamant about this and I mean this wholeheartedly, like the truth is never something that has to be forced on anybody. If, if you represent, if you liken yourself to be a representative of truth or a guide for truth, then what you're doing is always creating a space for people to be met in that essence and they can take it or leave it. But once that space is open, it will, it will start to come to light for themselves. You don't ever have to, the, the truth doesn't have to be defended. It doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to be, people don't have to be bludgeoned over the head with it, right? It just has to be presented. And then everyone finds out very quickly where they are as it relates mm. to it. And so with the, to me, with the light beings and with the sacred suns and, and what, what I represent as, as this moniker of source radiance is being a light of source. And source to me is the way I rep, what represents and encapsulates the idea of divine connection of God, of, of the all of creation. And so my dedication to life now has been the, the commitment to being a light for that and a light of truth for that. And everything I'm involved in is things that we're building to do just that. And so even though, right, you can see on the, the videos, if we're all, some of us are wearing the same things because we're, we're connected to people that. and we like some of it, like the little cloak, the wizard cloaks it. and stuff. Oh, like, I, I just love that shit. I do too. Right? And, <laughs> I do too. Right? So it's so and, cool. Like, I love that these are just things Do you sell so, those cloaks? Yeah, we actually, well, so, so the, the, really yeah. Lovely. No, I was like, I, th I thought one of them was so cool. I was like, oh, right? yeah. what? So we, so we sell the, the guy that we, we get them from, right? And I have no problem just showing him love. It's, it's, it's called One Golden Thread. And you can get them just as is, and then we we get them with them the Sacred Suns logo on it. But it's it's a dope material. This is actually one of his shirts now, right? I'm just plugging them now while we're here. Um, <laughs> it's called one it's called one golden thread, and I just I love it. Material is fire, and so these are kind of ways that we choose to express ourselves creatively. But it's not like if you don't come up wearing your right your garb, you're not a part of it, right? So, but it's it's just it's very much dedicated to how to live in the embodiment, but for the purpose of it going into the world. And so the intention of it is very much that. And I can understand the fears in the world around the idea of cults, um, but there's very specific things that you'll know the difference between the two, even though people may initially perceive it that way. No? So I, and I appreciate the question because I think it's an important thing. I, I, and I welcome it because even people have come to my events, looked around the events and been like, is this a cult? <laughs> and, and, it's, and I'm like, a, I appreciate you asking because it's important information. It's not, and let's talk about it. So it's it's, yeah. a, it's a cool space and it's welcome because that's the other thing. Like, I think if you if you truly know what you're doing is coming from that loving, authentic, truthful place, you don't have a problem. And I'll speak for myself. I don't have a problem being questioned, being challenged on any of this stuff. And and I think it's healthy to be challenged because it opens up a space for dialogue if we're willing to meet each other, and and that's a vital thing too. Where it's question it all day, ask ask poke and prod so that we can 
get down to either what you're feeling that comes up around it and you'll know that it holds. And that, and so it's a really, those are really important things. I think that dispel the notion of the idea of it being a cult. As you're talking, we just have, we have an episode that's right before this one, right? That everyone has listened to where we talk about Hassan Minaj and authentic, uh, being authentic and truth. Mm -hmm. And everything you're saying is, Wow, it's like mind blowing because I'm thinking to myself, he got, we weren't, we don't want to cancel him in that conversation about him. I don't know, you know the story about him sort of in, he, he's, he was up for the Daily Show as a correspondent, but in his stand up, there was a lot of um, lies about uh-huh. things that were very serious in nature, um, like police brutality or like anthrax powder being on his daughter and he used it as embellishment he's calling it embellishment and stand-up but it's being questioned because of the the lack of truth mm-hmm. right and his response from the young ladies who were on my show they said they 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 weren't wanting to cancel him they just were saddened that his response was so defensive mm-hmm. and so what you're saying to me is so good because it says if you're living in truth and even if you're a comedian and, we, and comedians lie all the time. I mean, that's yeah. part of <laughs> what makes us comedians. But the it's type the of lie. Yeah. yeah. But the, the type of lie can be uh, questionable if it's if it's based in something of your of how you're being authentically sold to your audience. Like. Mm-hmm. The, and that is where, in what you're saying, I go, oh, so if we were, if I was to go back to that conversation with those young ladies, I would say, I think it's because we all thought he was so authentic. 100%. And that is what's disappointing for not just, it's for his fans. Exactly. More so than anything. And his response was defensive because maybe he was not, he was starting to stray from his truth. Yeah, he, I, he could go to the Sacred Sons. I think he needs legit. a little appointment. We welcome We welcome everyone <laughs> for sure. And I, and actually, so that we're not canceling, but like exactly, you said, we're having the dialogue. Because that's exactly, and, and that's what it takes. Because I even think the concept of cancel culture is such a, um, a distortion and unsupportive thing to our society, because it 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 misses the opportunity to have the important dialogues because it it obviously ruffles a lot of feathers. But then this is also because people struggle to own themselves, right? Because if for, I wasn't familiar with what happened, so I'll look into that. But what I know is if if someone is, say, being inauthentic or lying and being dishonest and it gets brought to light, the greatest thing you can do is just own it, right? Because if you were to own it, now there's conversations on the table because a it takes the charge off of people's ability to come at you and it it gives you the opportunity to start working towards the path of resilience and reconciliation first within yourself and your own integrity and then the ability to reestablish that with with the community with the populace of the world and it's and i think that's an important thing too when we think about our society as a culture in the media because people are quick to react right which is one of the things i loved about Dave Chappelle's stand up with that moment. He was like, he was like, who do you think this is? Durr. If, if you do anything wrong at any time of your life, right? And he was like, that's you. Any time of the crowd, that's what you saw to me. I go, I love that because it is the, the ability to think that you can grab someone's past and throw it in their face years later when people grow from it is an issue because it just means that people are just looking for ways to tear people down, not actually get to the truth of something. And yes. 
even though sometimes it's necessary to get to the truth of something by pulling out the past, but that's if someone's blatantly living in dishonesty and deceit, right? Yes. But then when that does get brought to light, the best thing anyone can do when that happens is to own it, is to go, yeah, that did happen. And this is why I learned from it. Here's where I am. So what are we, what's the question? And I thought that's how Jordan Peterson handled that well with when he first started talking about his issue with them wanting to make a law about what you can um, call someone and their pronoun. And his issue wasn't with people having different pronouns. It was that you don't, don't make it a law because you're now infringing on really right kind of territory. And the fact that he held to that, eventually all that energy started to die down because it wasn't, he didn't backtrack, he didn't, whenever, he was just like, no, I know what I'm talking about, know what I'm focusing on. And just because you're saying that that's how I'm, what I'm saying doesn't make it true. And that's the energy that's necessary. If, and also the ability, because he obviously can articulate himself well, but the ability to then have the dialogue, right? So if Hassan could, could say, you know, I was saying these things for this reason and I see how it can come across like this, and I'm willing to talk about it. And, and not necessarily that he has to apologize, but unless he's completely out of integrity, and I just, because I'm not gonna speak on it that way because I haven't seen it yet. But mm -hmm. one of the things I always teach in the practice is, if you're going to apologize, it better be because you're out of integrity. Do not apologize for existing. Like don't apologize just because someone doesn't like what you've done because they don't know how to process their own emotions. But if you absolutely were out of integrity, meaning your words and actions don't match, meaning you convey one thing but live another, meaning all those different, facets of hypocrisy or contradiction, then there is an apology to be had because that would be the first step of ownership. But then what has to follow is the willingness to do something about it, to be different about it and to meet people on it. And that's, these are also some of the things we teach in Sacred Sons and in Light Beings, because I think it's, it's when I watch our society as a whole now, I watch the struggle of people's ability to have conversations when they disagree or when they see things differently. And then it just gets, it just builds, it gets messy. And then they just start taking shots at each other, right? Everyone's Billy the Kid all of a sudden. And it's, and <laughs> none of that solves the issue. And so our ability to get to that place is, is a muscle that has to start being worked out better. But that's also part of the muscle that we develop in emotional intelligence for more emotional maturity on how we respond to things. And so it's a, it's a journey we're on. But this is also part of the stuff I teach and, and that I'm really passionate about. Oh, this, everyone needs to be in that class right now. <laughs> Straight up. And I think some PR firms need to go in there because they yeah, are contributing sure. oh my God. to this, yes. this whole culture of yeah. being defensive, right? 100%. Because, like, I, I think it was someone who told me you're never supposed to say, like, own up to it. You're never supposed to, like, it has to be, like, you either be quiet or you just don't. But, like, what you just said is, like, and part of Hassan's response probably was also PR, you know, 100%. coached. And it's not a good one. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, just not, it's not helping society. It's not helping anyone. And a lot of that is just coming across. You're leaving the audience in the dark of, like, that conversation, that dialogue. I think mm -hmm. that's why podcasts became, to be honest with you, so popular is because people were so tired of this just in-the-box conversation. Exactly. That was controlled by someone out there, the media. Mm -hmm. or, I can know. see that for sure. I agree. So, lady. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're, you're hearing all of this. How do you bring the... How do you bring that into the ROTG, the return of the gentleman? Well, it's ROTL and then it's ROTG. So R -O at some what point, I say. yes, but no, you were right. 
But at some point, they're going to meet oh, oh. because they need to <laughs> talk. Yeah, RL, exactly. You know, RLTG and RLTL got to talk. And so that's that's my dream is, is to see them two come together. Um, but what I wanted right, to right. interject here is that you see, ladies, how easy it is to let a man talk, which I did, actually. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't interrupt at all. <laughs> I didn't interrupt at all. I listened to everything he was saying and retained it all. Um, but I think you understand now, Marina, if anyone had any doubt as to the reason why there was a man that had to come on the platform with me. Um, like I said, the first time I, I slung it all by myself, I did it alone and I had um, 11 blessed male friends to sit with me. And um, it was such a, an empowering conversation. But one of the things I learned from having something entitled The Men Are Talking is that men, not, not you, Kevin, <laughs> is that the men who are on that platform, <laughs> something else. 10 years ago, when I called the platform, Shh, the men are talking. Um, first of all, I got some, some um, kickback from a lot of people because I think that um, a lot of females thought um, that this was something that was created by a man. And so my producer at the time was like, no, nah, it's a lady. <laughs> And so for me, I stand up just like Kevin. I stand up for what I believe. You know what? I don't care. Come for me because I want you to because I'm going to tell you exactly the reason why I think that the conflicts are between male and females is because we don't know how to listen because a lot of times our communications with women, we're accustomed to doing multiple things at once. We're accustomed to sharing multiple things at once. And you expect men to actually follow that. Well, it's like if you come home and there's something's wrong with the car and you tell them, oh, something's wrong with the car, the battery, oh, the battery was uh, messed up. And then you start going, oh, and then the tire and then something else and something else. The man's still stuck on, you just said, wait, you said the battery, right? And so we're giving so much information and that we're not always paying attention. We don't take the time to kind of slow down. So I think those are important things. And I think it's just important also that we learn how to just practice that it's like, okay, you talk. Okay, I heard everything you said. No, you talk. And that's a hard thing for us girls because, like I said, as a mom, I'm constantly talking to, I have two kids, I was constantly talking to multiple people. And I do things, I multitask. And it's not so much in the lives of men. That's the things, some of the things I'm learning. And so um, the importance is, is that we continue to keep having these conversations because the moment that we stop talking um, is the problem, is the is the point when we have a problem. And I think that that's what happens is that men have a tendency to kind of like just shut down. It's like, okay, well, you're going to say what you're going to say anyway. And then let me just let you talk it all out. Well, I don't want to talk it all out because I just want to hear what you have to say because I love men, Marina, and I think that men need a voice and men need a space so they can actually feel comfortable and feel safe. And that's what my platform, The Return of the Gentleman, is offering you, all men. I don't care what walk of life you come from, what socioeconomic group, how you show up in the world, how you actually identify. It doesn't matter. If you associate with being a male, then this platform's for you. And so that's something I really want people to understand, that I am not sitting here um, challenging who is considered a male, who's considered something else. That's not my job. I'm not the creator. And so as Kevin was speaking about dreams, a couple of things I can relate to what he was saying is one, people always thought I was a little weird and that's okay because it, before as a child, I used to get offended because I'm like, I know I'm a fairy. I know that I, you know, I love light things. I know I love sparkly things and I'm just attracted to these things. And I'm a, and I'm a little poet, you know, 
And I didn't talk a lot back then because I was too scared and I was bullied. So basically, I didn't have a lot to say. So how I showed up in the world, Marina, was that I showed up uh, fashionably dressed, extreme, because that was my expression. Um, and, and now where I'm at, it's like those things I don't care about anymore. Um, I have a voice and I can't wait to go all over the world sharing the voice I have. I have a lot to say. I know I'm a fairy. I'm fine with that. I like being a light being, which I'm honored to be a part of this man's organization. And so I received that. And not only just that, if you can't get it, then you can't, then don't come talk to me. That's just basically how it is for me in life. And that's where I'm showing up these days. You know, it's just that I have this voice. The creator gave it to me. It came to me in a dream. Everything is happening so fast, Marina, for me, that it's like every day there's something new where this platform is concerned. And so I know I'm on the right space and the right, um, right time. Um, 10 years ago, I was ahead of my time. And it was one of those kinds of platforms that my producer, director that actually discovered me back then, he was like, I was like, no, it's got to be about Return of the Lady. I go to talk about the women. Oh, and he was like, nah, lady, what's going to be interesting is talking about the men. And so I'm like, but what am I going to talk about with the men? At that particular time, 10 years prior, I was going through a horrible divorce, um, had some issues that were going on, and I wasn't sure how I was going to show up for men. And if I was, I'm not going to say the word worthy, but if I actually could represent well. And so actually I did. I actually found the strength through the creator to actually show up in the way that he actually picked me to do so. And so again, um, speeding fast, speeding up 10 years later, we're now in an epidemic again. Because back then it was men didn't think that they could be victims of interpersonal violence. And so I had to educate men. And then they started saying, well, someone's keyed my car before. That's not a big deal. Oh, yeah, she slapped me across the face. That's not a big deal. I'm like, that's something you can get arrested for. But men are so ex accepting of um, certain things that women exhibit that it's like they're just used to the fact, you know, they're going to get beat up mentally, uh, physically and spiritually, excuse me, verbally. So it's an acceptance. Well, I'm here to say there's no, that's not right. That can't be an acceptance. You absolutely have to understand that you can't touch people. You can't um, um, insult people verbally. That is all abuse. Because where does it go? It actually goes to mentally. You start receiving all that information. And men, as I said before, don't necessarily show up in spaces that women, we're quick to go to, um, to a doctor. Or we're quick to like go and say, I, I'm going to probably talk to my girlfriend about that. But how are you able to speak to your boy about something like this? this your girl is hitting you at home or you're, um, you know, there is some type of verbal abuse. Because men do have this thing called toxic masculinity resonates um, and connects to them on such a high level that we're now, this is what has brought us to these high numbers, is my belief. So, I mean, I could go on and on with the, the importance of people listening to one another and actually having a conversation that makes sense. Now, I mean, even if it doesn't make sense, let's no. say it doesn't even make sense. Just talk. You know what I'm saying? Let's just have conversations. I actually want to ask you this, Kevin, based on what Lady was just saying, like what men do and what women do and the whole role of gender mm -hmm. just sort of. Like, because this article that I put in here, I know I, I, you are all so much more interesting than the articles I place in, <laughs> but they do kind of, they do kind of like fall into what this is, right? Of this mm -hmm. conversation of men 
specifically black men and black women. I have a friend, she's a comedian who goes on Instagram all the time and she's just, black men don't protect black women has been a trending thing. And mm. this brick gate, uh, so this was a, uh, Brickgate revives an age-old argument between black men and women. Rhoda Osman, who is known online as Ro Bash, a black woman, was recently attacked by a man throwing a brick at her face for not giving him her phone. Mm. She decried a group of black men st standing nearby on the street shouting tearfully. The, wom the women, um, she says in the video, she appears to have a large knot on her cheek. And she goes, yo, this man just hit me in my face with a brick. And all these black men, they just watched. And it has like a one million likes. And it's on the shade room, which also loves to exasperate these conversations. While some black women online called out the alleged bystanders in action and the decision not to intervene, some black men in turn resurfaced old social media posts of hers of history of inflammatory behavior and untrustworthy character. With a lack of clarity on what went down, some women and men alike called Brickgate a hoax. So I guess my, my question is, is how do you deal with this male construct, woman construct thing? Mm -hmm. Do you walk away from that? Never. In no, it's a, it's, okay. it's a really important, um, it's a really important un understanding that or rather, it's a really important facet of life that I think is highly misunderstood. And uh, the way I break it down, and so I'm gonna speak of this in two ways. First, just something foundationally, and then as it relates to people. So in, in my practice, I, I teach that masculine and feminine is a, each of those are principles in how energy works. Right? And not to go too far into that because it's a massive elaborate thing to talk about. Um, I always speak of it from that foundation space and then how everything fractals out from that. So everything in life has, has the dance of masculine and feminine within it. And it's not even just the concept of say, <clears throat> masculine energy or feminine energy, it's, it's the masculine principle of energy and the feminine principle of energy because energy doesn't exist without that relationship, right? Everything in life is, is meant and designed, rather I wouldn't say meant, <clears throat> is designed to be the interplay of that dynamic in all things. And we are in a massively distorted understanding of it as a society and as a species. And then we watch that the misalignment and distortion of it play out everywhere. And there's certain spaces where it's played out properly and certain spaces it's not. So in the practice, I, I, I express the difference between sex and gender. So sex is, is the, recognition, the recognition of, or actually let me, let me give this. So each principle, feminine principle and masculine have very specific qualities, attributes, and focuses. Every one of us has both inside of us and they're designed and we're designed that way. Like the ability to receive is feminine. The ability to give is masculine. The ability to um, be fluid is feminine. The ability to be steady is masculine. And all of us live in the dance of that inside of ourselves. The difference between us, depending on what embodiment we are, would be what ratio distribution it is. So me being in a male body and being more masculine led in principle means that I my, my distribution to my masculine, my feminine, will be different than say yours if you're in a female body and are more feminine led in principle in the energy so there's the sex part of it and then there's gender but gender is more about the wave we've chosen to place a word upon a thing which is why it's so fluid and also 
has lent itself to a lot of distortion and that's a whole topic itself we could talk for hours on. Sex though is just the recognition of those attributes, those qualities in a, in a biological physiology, physiological form. And so male and female is a real thing in terms of the physicality, but then what someone feels led with and, and having transgender friends also that I've had to support who are um, transgender men who also have been part of say, a couple involved in light beings and then uh, who I've also gotten sacred sons and then some in sacred sons. Part of the journey for them to feel more whole was the ability to get them to make peace with the fact that they still had certain physiological and biology design female parts. So they, and, but they felt masculine led enough to get the top surgery so that they present more male in, in presentation because they feel more energetically principally led enough to change form. But because they did that from an authentic place of expression, they could understand then how to make peace with the fact that they still had to, had to have a cycle and have a vagina and what it means to acknowledge the female aspect of their physicality so that they can live more authentically in the male principle that they, they feel called to live in. Mm. And just to be able to have a conversation like that changes the landscape of how we have these conversations in society, but that's not how it's spoken. So then, yeah, it's just everyone shutting down, and, and and people get mad. And exactly, and have no idea how to labels. Exactly, yeah. and and feel super uncomfortable, so they don't know how to describe it, and and then it just becomes this, this, right? So to understand it foundationally will give greater insight of what it means to live in the embodiment. And so then I've gotten the opportunity to then express things like this in transgender communities and in spaces because there's an understanding, even though I myself am not transgender or understand what it means to live that experience, I just understand how the principles work enough to be able to support someone through their own process of it or someone navigating in any facet in that regard. And so when I then look at that society, there is a relationship of how masculine and feminine works and what it means in, in the polarity to be masculine-led or feminine-led within one's beingness. And in relational dynamics, for it to work properly, there has to be that because it, it's inside of all of us. Someone, even someone that considers themselves non-binary, it doesn't change the fact that inside of them is the interplay of masculine and feminine. They're just choosing to not be linked to one or the other, but they're because they feel like they're living in the dance of both, which is true, but even though they never equate 50-50. It's always going to be the what I call the optimal ratio, one more than the other presenting itself, even though we're all going to display both. And that's a necessary part to just exist as a sovereign being. And then, yes. but if we, if we can honor both inside of us, we then can play our role in life greater. And because a lot of women who've conditioned themselves to be masculine led for fear or for um, achievement, still, and I've worked with plenty of women, female clients with this, still want to be able to soften into their feminine in spaces, but haven't had that connection and partnership that way, or haven't understood why they've conditioned themselves in the masculine to that degree that they, that their femininity has suffered. Right. And so we, so part of it is navigating that. And when I think of this narrative, as you described with what happened with the woman who got hit with the brick, there's, so all the say truth aside, right? Because I obviously, I have to research that. I don't know if this woman caused something or not. I don't know if what happened. What I do know is there's nothing okay about reacting to anyone in a violent way. I don't give a shit if you disagree with them. I don't give a shit if you felt like they disrespected you. That's never the best approach, period. I think the the fact that no other man around did anything about it speaks to the lack of masculine leadership in our society mm -hmm. and, yeah. and that they haven't been guided properly because I a lot of the things as I developed as a man 
there was things I got from my father and then there's things I had to uncover myself because there's certain things my father didn't know how to do from his own struggles with emotions and different dynamics, right? And, but there was things he did instill in me and when I think about friends who didn't have their fathers that I kind of also started to guide in some masculine leadership ways and, and what we started to build in Sacred Sons and what other people, like there's other friends I have too who are great at um, dedicating themselves to wanting to build more masculine leadership is it's a, it's a, a missing piece in the world and there's reasons for that too. When we think about like men incarcerated and what's happened to a lot of the the, the male figure in the family dynamic, especially as it relates to, to the black culture in America. And it also speaks to a lot of the, the echoing self-definitions from the distortion in this country. Because remember that we in this country, and, and I'm really adamant about not reinforcing the victim narrative in a society, it's we understand what's happened in this country. We understand slavery has been here. What I'm also constantly doing is being brought into spaces to guide black culture in America to not live in the victim narrative. Own the fact that this stuff happened, but don't let it define your ability to exist greater in, in the world, right? So dispel this concept that something can stop you because there, there's we have enough proof now beyond that. And my, and my life is my own testament to that too and, and things I've had to navigate. but. In that space then, it's recognizing that when I think about the culture, even as with black men and black women, understanding the consciousness that we're operating from, where when it comes to slavery, right, if the nature of masculine and feminine is the pole, and part of the masculine embodiment is the guardianship, the provider, that's part of the masculine principle, right? Whether whether that's in a relational dynamic of same sex or not, someone's gonna take the masculine pole, someone's gonna take the feminine pole, there's no way around it. I mean, someone's gonna lean towards being the provider, even though both can switch and interchange, which also happens, there's still an essence to that foundation. And now, and I'm speaking specifically to the principle, not men or women yet, right? We'll get to that. But in the sense of that, in terms of men and women, in a culture that was built from having a lack of identity of self, which is what slavery was, right? You were no longer considered a person, you were considered a property and tool. So the role that the masculine was designed to play in black culture in America was already stifled, right? Because now the part of what the, the slave masters did to instill their oppressiveness was to emasculate, right? Was to tear down the, that figure being the guardian, being the one that could keep the, the feminine safe. And so then the feminine, which in order for the feminine to be able to soften in itself, it has to feel safe enough to do so. And part of the polarity is there's that dynamic in relationship. So then black women in, in the culture had to navigate their own experiences and fears and and the witness of the black man being treated the way the way he is to where then the black man struggles in his own self to be able to uphold that masculine pole because there's already so much shame about the embarrassment of how he's shown up and and that's that's the slavery culture now slaves get free because of a piece of paper, but that doesn't change the consciousness. It didn't change the consciousness of white America. It didn't change the consciousness of black America. It just started to open up a possibility of what could happen, but it stirred up a lot of emotion around things that fears and anger and all these different facets that then when you get to society that's functional, a lot of that energy and pain is still there. And when I think about the echoes of humanity where the there is an age in, in the space for black women where they're like, well, we don't need you part of the family, right? I can do this all myself and taking on that, but it, it will never work. There, there's no optimal way to raise a child with one parent alone. You will do the best you can, but it's not optimal. And and when then black men struggling within his own self and the black women is struggling to surrender to the black men's leadership, 
you you build a culture out of the the combatants and the conflict and not both aspects pain being acknowledged properly so that we have a greater understanding of each other to meet in a more harmonious integrative way and i think that what we witness in society is all the echoes of that when you see someone not knowing how to process feeling rejected or disrespected to the point that they'd rather feel powerful by bullying right because no bully ever does that from a place of power they feel powerless and then they want to find a way to get it and I think about that when we're harsh to each other. And so I'm doing my best to kind of speak as a massive topic in a shorter way. Yes. But a lot of these things reflect that. And, and this, um, I have a lot to share about all this that we could open up. But I just want to kind of convey some of that when I hear these narratives. Because yeah. the key to this really is leadership. And the key to this is also a greater understanding of the masculine feminine principle. So that we can understand ourselves greater, understand each other greater, and show up in a way that's more we work together, not against each other. And right now it just... It, it it keeps finding its way back to us being against each other while we're yes. actively working to bring the integration and what someone like myself, someone like Lady and, and everyone who seems to, and even yourself, someone who seems to wanting to see us come together to have these conversations are part of the light that's looking to guide us out of the distortion we've been in for so long. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know? And you know, that's I great. I, Absolutely. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. An applause. I, uh, How's how how do I talk to? Because I do see like my friends when they talk. I mean, you you remind me of a lot of like when you have self awareness, you can jump into these conversations le with less of a defensiveness, 100%. right? Or it's your self awareness past, is everything. Your past, because when I hear these conversations about black men ain't they they ain't protecting black women, I'm hearing that individual's pain and 100%. and also like collectively black women's pain uh mm -hmm. there there's a lot for black women to be upset about i'm sure but w when we but we have to address that's where it's coming from if that's 100%. what you if you're going to be talking on social media and you're representing a group 100%. you have to also acknowledge that you're coming from some past life experiences and that's what you that's what you're doing mm -hmm. how do i talk to my friend <laughs> who seems to always want to not just bash black men but just she's on this path mm -hmm. of i'm tired of black like what is the one thing i can tell her i know this is a huger conversation yeah, for sure. what's the one thing i can say to her <laughs> Outside yeah. of like, stop yourself on social media. <laughs> and yeah. everyone knows who I'm talking about. I'm That's sure you know, you're listening to this. You know who I'm talking about. But what, what's yeah. the one thing I can say to well, them? One, in a short form response, just to reach greater understanding. Well, actually, two things I would say. One, a little bit more hilarious than the other, which is, have you met every single black man on the planet? No, so oh. let's dial let's dial that back a little bit, right? Like you've had very specific experiences, and instead of, I would say, what I'm hearing, and I th I think you just said it beautifully, what I'm hearing is, you have some emotion and pain around your experiences with men, right, and specifically black men, and you can start to ask what that what's the, that's like for you. Because what I've come to find is when someone's generalizing in their rage or adamacy, right, it's clear that they have a very specific experience and right now they're just feeling the pain and they're reacting in the absolutes. Um, but being able to get them to, well, two things, being able to witness 
that that's emotion coming up, right? And then being able to get them to start exploring within themselves is the best way to start getting that energy to move because the more they can start to explore themselves, the less they'll, or the, the more they'll start to dissipate that absolute generalization rant and start to have an honest reflection on their experiences. So if you can guide them to acknowledging, right, the pain they feel, the anger, the sadness, um, and, and then start to speak to what things they've experienced and then what they would like to experience differently, you start to then open up a range of possibility that takes it off that narrative that will be self-fulfilling, right? Because everything about the reception will skew that then they'll start to be able to explore it from a different angle that opens up their world to other possibilities. Because I'll tell you this, I hear, when I hear things like this all the time, this particular phrase, where's all the men, right? Black or otherwise, where's all the men that show up this? And it, and it was funny because like, I, I, have, I have to own my own journey, right? I didn't always treat women the best. I didn't always be respectful. I didn't always carry myself in a certain manner. And I had to make terms with that. I had to make terms with my sadness around that, my fear around that, the pain I have felt around women and the way I felt screwed over by women, right? All those narratives I had to meet to be able to show up greater in my life. And, mm. and it's an ongoing practice for that. And so to understand that everyone has their experiences that they all, we all have to grow and mature from is, is to look at the picture in a broader scope. But for that space to understand that there's greater possibility, I've, I've been literally walking and, and I'll, I'll state this, it's funny, me and one of my sacred son's brothers, who's also a light being, who's also black, we were in Arizona for this event and we were walking off this mountain, right? And a few of us, and we had men and women with us, but there was a group of women that were in front of us and, and their exact words were, man, I love doing this, but where's all the men who are conscious and tapped in and experienced too? And it's like, and we just chuckled because we're like literally walking right behind you, but you're too busy in your narrative to even look around, right? And it's like that kind of concept is when people are in their pain and they don't know how to feel it and own their own experience of their pain, they put blinders on and they just start speaking from that. And it, and unfortunately, because we have social media, people get on their platforms in that state and just blah. And, yes. and if the piece of advice I would love to give every human life is, don't make social media the first place you go when you feel it. Take a moment to actually understand what you're feeling so you can speak more in a healthier way that actually is constructive. And maybe we'll get there. Maybe it'll take a little longer, but that's part of the intention. For yes. Me. Take a moment. <laughs> the best compliment I got from my Irish friend. I'm loving my, I look, I love, I'm giving myself so many compliments and then forcing you to give me compliments. <laughs> <laughs> but what? <laughs> but the, the best thing, my, 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 my Irish friend, I would say my, she's my friend, but she is my Irish friend. She's like, Mooney, you have the best pauses I've ever met of anyone nice. I know. You always pause. That is a great compliment. Yeah. It is yeah. because I don't see that a lot in social media. Mm -hmm. And it's it's this is what social media is so bad for. I can see it doing it to me sometimes. I'll see something and I'll go, oh, wait. And I'll go up. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nice. Nope. Yeah. Don't delete that. Don't yeah. post it. Don't post it. Stop yourself. Everyone, when you get on social media and you have emotion, do not hit that. <laughs> Don't do not send. Do not hit send. Yeah. Take a moment of just a beat. Exactly. 
I mean, like, I said something about house music on Godfrey's podcast, Godfrey the Comedian, yeah. and oh, my God, it, I'm a house hit. I love house music. I said, but they, they clipped it in a way that caused us such a riff, and it, it looks hilarious. People are, like, upset about, like, something I said about weirdness, but it was just clipped in a perfect way to create that emotion 100%. for people to just respond without thinking. Exactly. And... I'm telling you, one of the DJs who was, like, going off on me, he, like, like it, a week later, he was, like, talking to my friend. He goes, I don't know what came over me. Like, I looked at her, and I was like, oh, she's totally different from what I thought. I was so 100%. wrong. And he deleted the whole thing. Yep. So you're so right. It's like, just take a moment, reflect oh. on where that's coming. Acknowledge the stuff that's going on in you. Exactly. I mean, this applies to dating. We had a dating coach but. on this podcast, Dear Franny. Yeah. And all she showed me was just look up. Don't always refer to the dating apps. Just look around. Like you were saying, just look. Sometimes people. Just open your eyes. People, <laughs> exactly. People aren't doing that anymore. They're not like opening their eyes and talking to the person that's in front of them in a real way. They're yeah. only, they're referring to these bullet points that they get from like the news, I guess, and whatever they're you yeah. know, radicalized with. Well, well, people are using the phone. I mean, you're so busy. Um, you know, like in New York, for instance, Marina, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people you can almost hit because people are like in their phone walking across the street. That's a, yeah. that's a horrible idea in New York, a horrible idea. But, I, you know, just to interject on some stuff here that Kevin was saying, um, and just, just to actually toot the horns of men again, and also us women, too, because there are a lot of great women out here who actually honor men. You know, um, if you male bash a man around me, it's the wrong thing to do because <laughs> I'm the girl who's going to be like, I don't, I can't receive that. And I listen to it. I have a father. I had a father and I have a son and I just can't receive that. And I have lots of male friends that I absolutely adore. So you're either choosing the wrong friends. You're in the wrong situations, um, which you're, which you are hearing, you're retaining in a negative way when actually, again, you and I open the doors to communication, um, with having a conversation and you're not using something that all of us have access to in one form or another, or I hope that everyone has access. And that is talking to a responsible person who can listen. Um, sure. someone, it, this is where I, I, I actually, um, speak about therapy because I'm in therapy every Thursday. I love my therapist. You know who you are, therapist. <laughs> Thank you for for keeping all of my secrets. Thank you for everything that I can actually get out of here goes to her. I try it on her first. And if she says no, well, if she says no, Carol, we can't do that. Then I'm like going, okay, well then I actually have someone to actually release the information to first. We need to have better friends. Two, we need to have better girlfriends because there are so many girls that I find, again, that they bash men just every, you know, every second. And then that makes me think about, because I'm not a person who's heavy on a lot of girlfriends. You know, I'm just not. My mother taught me that for a whole nother reason, but I'm not heavy on a lot of girlfriends. And the ones I do have, I'm really particular about them. And they have to be really strong-minded um, to actually connect with me because my mind is somewhere else. It's not sitting there on the, you know, wasting a whole 30 minutes talking about a guy and about what a guy has done wrong, because then it makes me start thinking, um, well, it always takes two Right. Isn't it like, what did you do? You know, or, you know, you can't always like just assume that all men are wrong or that all women are wrong. And I just think we just again, 
We need to like open these doors of communication. And the moment we do that, I think some of these numbers we're, that we're actually facing right now with mental illness, mental, um, uh, mental health issues, uh, will turn into mental wellness issues versus having so many crises that we're going through right now. And I would like to share some of the statistics that I actually did receive because uh, one of my partners on this platform is NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. So um, I love NAMI for multiple reasons. They are totally supportive of black and brown people in this space. In fact, the CEO is a man of color. He's a black man. And so with, with having someone who actually is leading from the top, um, you know, we have so, so many things being filtered through that actually now we can meet the needs of black and brown people in this community. And not just that, um, but people who are I just think that it's it's really important that we start understanding that that the way people show up in the world. Just going back to the fact of us actually the communication part. I'm talking about the numbers of um, how this affects and how it shows up in our communities. And this is, for me, this is what I say. This is one of those things that has no color attached. It has no um, social and economic group attached. It's just happening. It's actually um, the. In fact, from my um, paper, my um, notes that I have here from NAMI is that suicide is the leading cause of death in the U.S. Yeah. That's, that's across the board. Wild. Okay, that's that's huge. So then, if we go into facts leading after that, suicide is a leading cause of death in the U.S. As I said, and it's second among people ages ten to fourteen, which is like your baby's uh, age um, mm -hmm. um, group, um, Kevin. And then it's like third among people aged uh, fifteen to twenty-four. And then it's 12 overall. So the numbers are quite alarming. And it's and not to go not to mention, but every 11 minutes, like we've been talking, you know, a little while now, but every 11 minutes in this country, someone takes their own life. So we really need to kind of like figure out a, where, why people are doing this. And I think it's just that enough people aren't checking in. And it's not a lot of people living their most authentic, joyful life. That's the other thing that's so important. And I think it's up to us because, like I said, for men, are you your brother's keeper? Yes, you are. You are. Are you your sister's keeper? Yes, you are. So it, it, it doesn't matter how we show up. It's just as long as we show up for people. And so for me, for years and years and years, I've been that person check on everyone. Everyone. Now I'm always like sitting, I'm sitting here working all of a sudden I go, well, I wonder how such and such is doing. I just send them a text. And I got so engrossed with doing this that it actually was taking up so much of my time that I had to sit with myself and say, okay, you can't do it all day. <laughs> you have to do it at a certain particular time of the day. If you want to do it daily, <clears throat> then do it daily, but not throughout, you know, the whole entire day, because then it's taking up a lot of your time and you're not getting a lot of your things completed. But at least I'm showing up for you, you know, in my opinion. And I think that that's one of the things that I've always been that person is that I'm going to show up for you. And then it's the other thing like I have on my neck. Show love to folks. Just be loving. Just be more um, um, understanding of the fact that we have just gone through one of the biggest challenges in our life, which was a pandemic. I mean, we lost so many people in this pandemic. <clears throat> and you would wonder, <clears throat> you would think and know that in 19, I think it was 19, where I get 19, in 2020 and 2021, 2020, the numbers were high, and then 2021, they dropped. And then now we're back at 2022, 2023, the numbers are back up. And so they're, they're at an all-time high right now because people are not sure how to show up, you know, how they have their lives are being displaced in so many different ways. Everything that we got, the benefits during COVID are not there anymore. So now we're finding people are alone. 
And no matter what people say, nobody really wants to go this whole life this alone. Dude, yeah, no, I, do you guys I think? agree. I don't yeah, think anybody really... You're so right. I was reading that nobody about really how wants the to do WHO that. launched two efforts to help strengthen the suicide prevention efforts, preventing suicide resource... Um, mm-hmm. WHO did that. Um, each So they did that because it's been criminalized. I didn't know that. Mm. Suicide attempts are criminalized in laws of at least 23 countries worldwide and suicide attempts continue to be actively punished wow. in some of them. The criminalization of suicide perpetuates an environment that fosters blame towards people who attempt suicide and it deters people from seeking timely help due to the fear of legal repercussions and stigma. That's crazy. So I think that is so important because right now what we're what you just mentioned about like the pandemic, you know how it dropped during the pandemic and they show that there's there's studies that showed the reason it, it sort of dropped during the pandemic, which I was shocked about, was because we were there for each other and those resources were there, like you were saying. So student loans is about to pick up in October. This, You see all the union strikes mm-hmm. that are going on across the board. Mm-hmm. So people are struggling and there aren't resources. They're helping them like there were back in the day. So if there was a time to really show up, like Lady was saying, I would say in this year in 2024 would be the year to really do that. Hey, how are you doing? Remember when you were calling your black friends during George Floyd and you said, Hey, how are you feeling? Don't stop doing that. Continue to do that. Check in with people. I think you're so right, lady. Thank you for... for I mean, it doesn't take... I mean, you can text somebody. You can actually now send voice texts. You don't have to feel like, oh, if I call them, I'm going to be on the phone. One of the things that my daughter actually always says to me, she always says, you know, because I have people who call who might be a little long-winded, which is okay. That's fine. They got a lot to say. That's fine. And I'll say, oh, you know what? I'm going to call them back. And and if my daughter is present, she'll go, she's a therapist, and she'll say, mommy, uh uh-uh, no, you got to answer for them. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to be on the phone. You don't understand. I'm going to be on the phone for like two hours. And so she goes, mom, have some control over your life. And you know how to say, I answer to say hello. I answer to say hello. Um, I'm going to call you right back when I'm on the phone with someone or whatever, but just make sure you follow up because like I said, you don't know what call will come through for you that could be a person's last call. And they chose you as the person to share with. So I just think that we just need to be a little bit more uh, accountable with ourselves as far as like that we are not just existing beings just floating around our world, that we're here for a reason. We're able to stand and talk and wave our arms and hands and stuff for a reason. I mean, they're also here to hug people. <laughs> so I hate to leave it here because this has been such an amazing, co- I have so many more questions, by the way, but um, I will say I did like this recent post kevin that you have on boundaries which you were just talking about like texting and mm-hmm. i mean my god i have someone who texts me like and i i feel like i'm in a relationship with them and i could have <laughs> sworn i put on the do not disturb and the text <laughs> still got it still got through it still got through um but you i love this it, it was a follow-up to a previous reel that you had about understanding the distinction between boundary and a standard A boundary is a disruption to a pattern of energy. A standard is an embodied way of being or a baseline of operation Mm -hmm. when we recognize we have been playing with or in lower standards. Mm -hmm. A boundary is what we utilize to disrupt that. After this disruption, 
We have to elevate our standards to live greater within ourselves and establish that as a baseline and a healthier, more expansive pattern of energy and a way of being and living. I find that so fascinating that you say that because if you have the standard of living that you're at, you don't have to create a boundary. Exactly. Am I right? Exactly. But it, but, and that's the first time that I ever read or understood that. I'm always nice. like creating boundaries because I haven't set it up. Exactly. Because you do teach people how to treat you, right? 100%. So, but I thought that was by doing the boundary. I thought the boundary was teaching them, but I, the they're breaking through my boundaries. Exactly. Because, that, and that's, that's, and that's, that's actually why that <laughs> came up. And that was in one of our activation circles in Atlanta. And that came up because that was the same thing that kept happening. That was what was offered. And it's, again, one of the biggest misconceptions about boundaries. And, and because people think that's what we have to do, right? But think, think of boundaries as the same idea of living in don'ts and not. So if we don't live in don'ts, right? Our lives are lived in, in what is, right? So what we don't want is just a reference. And so when we recognize we've been playing in like limitation, lower standards, misalignments, ways that aren't holding our own sense of self-respect, the idea of a boundary is like, oh, enough of that shit, right? This, this stops now. <laughs> right? But that's, but that's all it is, is that <laughs> that's that moment of here's where this way of being, this way of presenting myself, this way of operating stops. Now, in order yes. for that to change, we have to be able to walk into, live into what we're asking ourselves to be met in. And that's what the standards are. And when we set a boundary, but then don't make the adjustment, you're still playing out the same baseline, same pattern. And then all, all the people around you just keep meeting you there. Same place. Right. And that's the misconception of boundary. And people are like, I keep setting a boundary to step over it. And it's like, well, what are you doing after the boundary set? And that's the number one question I get for that is either what or I don't know, what am I supposed to do? And it's it's that little piece that is, yes. is if you know where to then shift your attention of, okay, so if I was playing in this way and wasn't honoring myself in this way, what is it like to live a life where I do carry myself like that and honor myself like that? If I can see that, breathe into it, walk into it, now I actually have the reference point. Now they actually have to meet me there. And if they don't meet me there, then there's nothing to talk about, there's nothing to move in and you won't you won't have to set a boundary. And that's why I always tell people about standards. Like if you're living the standard, people just have to meet you in the standard. There's no boundary then you have to set. They'll, they'll pick up on it the moment they meet you. You won't entertain anything like that. You won't tolerate it. So then it won't matter. And that's part of what it means to live into a greater capacity of ourselves and invite others to meet us there. And then with that, that gives them the choice. Either they'll meet you there or they won't. Mm -hmm. Right? And that changes the game. That is right. Yeah. I love that. It, that's, a, that's a game changer, 100%. that quote in itself. I appreciate it. I want to thank both of you so much for coming on today, for sharing such an important, it's such an important lesson yeah. in life. It's such an important mission in life, values. What, you know, what we need in 2023 is this conversation. Mm -hmm. Definitely in September during suicide prevention okay lady tell our our listeners where they so i'm i'm lady here so my social media and how i show up in the world is multiple ways it's at the return of the lady on ig it's at the return of the gentlemen on ig it's at uh, the ladies dressing room official and then for do we still do facebook people still do facebook because if yeah. you do then it's it's lady carol kaziesco and then at twitter it's at the return of the lady um, but I would like to say that this platform that we're on, Kevin and I, you know, coming together for our for the goodness of this world, is a global 
platform. So it's going to come to New York, it's going to Philadelphia, it's going to Los Angeles, it's going to DC. So we're premiering in October, October 26th and in Atlanta. And then not only that, October 10th is another day for people to show up, which is World Mental Health Day. So continue the journey, everyone, and just know to show up, show up for others. And so with friends like us, you're never alone. You're never alone. Hey, that is so important. so important. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Heaven. All right. You can find me at, uh, at Source Radiance on Instagram. Uh, my YouTube is also Source Radiance. You can also find Source Radiance on Facebook, though I haven't been on Facebook in a while. Uh, just so you know. And uh, my website is currently being updated. But when my website is updated, you could also find me at SourceRadiance.com. And then at The Light Beings also is IG and at Sacred Sons. Uh, and also go to sacredsons.com to know more about what we're doing in that organization. Uh, and we have uh, in South Florida, in, in Hollywood specifically, uh, which is right next to Miami, if anyone doesn't know, um, we have the first Wednesday of every month, we do something called an activation circle in person. And you'll, we, I post that on the IG. And then in Atlanta, the first Sunday of every month, we do a morning hike uh, as a community, just to vibe into some spaces and meditate. And then at night we do the uh, activation circle in Atlanta. And so at the healing environment. So follow me on IG. You'll get updated on all these things. And as the website gets updated and more content gets presented, you'll, you'll find a lot of this insight there. Oh, and I just want to add, one of the authors in one of the articles mentioned that it's no more expensive than a spa trip. So if you're thinking nice. that it's expensive, come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, continue. I love it. And, and with friends like us, you can live greater in your fullest authentic expression of self. And we are here for it. Yeah. yeah. Marina Franklin here. You can find me at marinafranklin.com. Just go to my, that's my website. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Make sure to check me out at Soul Joel's Comedy Club, October 5th as well as The Silent Spring. I am hosting that. It's about cancer prevention in Boston. That is October 12th. And you just go to my website and you can get those tickets. And with friends like us, you can have a beautiful conversation on a rainy day in New York City about being open and the willingness to set those life standards so you don't have to have boundaries <laughs> because you have good friends that visit you on friends like us love it thank you check, check us, us out, out. Check us out. <laughs> um, it's gotta be that delay right that virtual delay yeah, that